0: Well, over the last few weeks, we've been looking at the difference between seeing in the natural and seeing by the Spirit and seeing what an enormous difference it is. We are given God's Spirit that we would see what He sees, that we would see as He sees. And I don't know if you remember in Acts chapter 10, there was an incident where the Apostle Peter actually caught a glimpse into the heavenly realm. And what he saw had amazing consequences on the face of the earth because what he saw brought forth from him words that people had never heard before. And I wanna speak about that this morning, about the ability for us to be able to speak things that we see in the heavenly realm and the effect of that on the earth. And so we are wanna look at that incident in Acts 10 this morning because it's only when we first see by the Spirit that we're able to speak by the Spirit. And when we speak words from the heavenly realm, then what happens is it is done on the earth as it is in heaven. That's the Father's will. And so that's why he gives us his vision that we would see into the heaven and therefore we would speak so that things would be done on the earth as it is in heaven. Let me read you from Acts chapter 10, and this is from verse 11. If you remember, Peter went up to pray, and we'll talk about the importance of of that prayer, that being filled with the Spirit gives us the vision to speak from the heavenly realm. It says of Peter that he saw heaven opened and something like a large sheet being let down to earth by its four corners. It contained all kinds of four-footed animals, as well as reptiles and birds. And then a voice told him, get up, Peter, and eat "'Kill and eat.' "'Surely not,' Peter replied. "'I have never eaten anything impure or unclean.' "'The voice spoke to him a second time, "'Do not call anything impure that God has made clean.'" Now this happened three times and immediately the sheet was taken back up into heaven. So last week we were calling this opening of our eyes to the heavenly realm. We called it the renewing of the mind. And we saw that the New Testament is full of exhortations to fix your eyes on the heavenly realm, to set your mind on the heavenly realm. Uh, for as the Apostle Paul said, you died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. And we also looked at Romans eight verse six, which says the mind set on the flesh is death, but the mind set in the spirit is life and peace. Now, the NIV uses a different term. It says, the mind governed by the spirit. And so, the person whose thinking really is governed or ruled by their natural senses, can only see and hear on this earth in a way that leaves them feeling like their lives are separated from God. They live, you could say, in the shadow of death. Whereas people whose thinking is led by the spirit live in light of the truth that heaven sees that God has not separated himself from us, that he is with us. And if he is with us, who can be against us? So why is it so important then that we learn to see by the Spirit, to see on the earth as it is in heaven? Because every one of us is simply today saying what we see. We can't help it. The Bible says out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. You are today saying what you see. That's incontrovertible. We can't stop ourselves from doing that. Um, You know, people already know what you believe by the confession of your mouth, what comes out of our mouths. So the reason the Holy Spirit wants to open our eyes to see the provision of God is so that we would open our mouths to declare the provision of God, Christ. And I'll say that again. The reason we're speaking about seeing by the Spirit, the reason the Spirit wants to open our eyes to see the provision of God is that we will be people who open our mouth to declare the provision of God, Christ. If we can't see on the earth as it is in heaven, then we can't speak on the earth as it is in heaven. Only people who see by the Spirit can speak of the Spirit. It is words spoken of the Spirit that carry the power to bring the kingdom of God onto the face of the earth, his provision for every generation into this natural earthly realm. And that's the heart of the Father, to provide. Remember, Jesus taught us that prayer, let it be done on earth as it is in heaven. Let your kingdom come, Father, on earth as it is in heaven. That's the heart of the Father. And so right from the beginning of Scripture, we see God bringing his life through his mouth. Right from the beginning, God spoke the world into being, Then we see him breathing his breath into Adam. And then, of course, we see Jesus saying, my words are spirit and they are life. So now through the mouths of men and women, God desires that we speak his very words. That's his plan to bring his life, the revelation of his kingdom into the earth, even for this generation, that he would have people who would prophesy, who would speak of the spirit. In fact, Revelation says that the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. Now, during His earthly ministry, Jesus spoke such words. His words, well, they they made the blind to see. His words made the deaf to hear. His words made the sick well. His words raised the dead. His words stilled storms. And that really is how He desires His people to speak, that we would speak with such words too, words that allow the kingdom of God to be seen on the earth. And we have seen that that same Spirit who rose Christ from the dead uh, enables us to see as He sees, that we would speak as He is speaking. Praise God. And so people would see on the earth as it is in heaven. In other words, His Spirit given to us is His authority given to us to see as He sees and to speak as He speaks. And that's why Jesus said to His disciples, go into all the world and preach the gospel. And miraculous signs will accompany The preaching of this gospel praise god but remember also he said before you go wait tarry in jerusalem wait for the giving of the holy spirit because with the spirit comes the vision to see that all you need for this life you already have in christ and this morning we're going to talk about how important it is to see that before you open your mouth because i'm going to show you that to try and preach the gospel without seeing that you will be the blind leading the blind you see, natural vision can't see past the natural lack. Spiritual vision can't see past the provision that has been made, the great provision. Let me say that again. Natural vision can't see past the great lack, but spiritual vision can't see past the great vision. Now think of the effect of that on the life of a man like Peter. We know that on the night he was betrayed, he ran from his enemies because he couldn't see past his own great lack. And yet that same man on the morning of Pentecost, he ran toward those same people because now he couldn't see past the great provision, Christ in him. And so on the morning of Pentecost, because he could now see what the Holy Spirit could see, what all the heavenly realm could see, that Christ is the present abundant provision of God for every man. When he opened his mouth to speak, that is what came out. The testimony of Jesus came out And so there was a manifestation in the lives of 3,000 people, the kingdom of God. Righteousness, peace, and joy just broke out in those lives because he was speaking from the heavenly realm. Now, if the kingdom of heaven today is not being manifested in the same way, to the same degree, it must be because we as the church are not speaking words of the Spirit to the same degree. Now, if we're not speaking words of the Spirit to the same degree, it must be because we're not seeing of the Spirit to the same degree. We're not yet seeing clearly enough past the great need to see the greater provision. We're not yet seeing on the earth as it is in heaven. Now, what do we call that when somebody has a vision that's limited just to their near surroundings, when they don't see very far? Well, we call that in the natural to be nearsighted or short sighted. And you know, by, by coincidence or God instance this week, I had to go to the optician because it had been about five years since my eyes were tested. And I was amazed because I really felt that over those five years staring at computer screens that my eyesight would have deteriorated. In fact, uh, the optician told me that my eyesight actually improved, praise God. But you know, as I was there, I remembered again going through the same process. And it was was amazing when the optician asked you to look at the screen and she said, read the bottom line. And so of course you begin to read these letters, A, P, -D 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 D, L. The thing that amazes me is there's the optician checking my eyesight, but she's not looking at me. She's not looking at the screen. She's listening because that's a wonderful truth. She can determine the limits of my vision by what I say. And that is so true spiritually as well. You see, she listens to me faltering. She listens to me hesitate. When I hesitate to speak, that's when she knows I have reached the limit of my vision. And really, <clears throat> that is how heaven knows as well that we have reached the limits of our vision. When we hesitate to proclaim the gospel in its fullness, none of us can proclaim beyond what we see. No wonder we need the Holy Spirit to open our eyes to see further than we've ever seen before. So we shall proclaim with a power that we've never seen before. And one of the other things that she did was she kept putting lenses over each eye and then she'd ask me to look at something. And she would keep repeating the same phrase, which is clearer, A or B? (laughs) Which is clearer, A or B? I remember hearing a joke once about a man who was on his deathbed and uh, he surprised his family by making a last request that, can you bring me my optician? I I need to ask my optician something. So they were all surprised, but they sent for the optician. The man arrived and the old man who was dying, his last, question to the petition was, I need to know which was clearer, A or B? (laughs) So this is a very important question. So I want you to think of it in this context. If you as a believer are looking right now, take the gospel test. Which is clearer, A or B? A, your poor behavior separates you from God and he is standing back from you. Or B, through Christ and him crucified, the Father embraced you, he buried you in himself. He can no more stand back from you than he could stand back from himself because those who are joined to the Lord are one spirit with him. Which do you see clearer, A or B? You know, I believe God doesn't wait us want us to wait till our deathbed to see past the flesh. We are given the Holy Spirit that we would see past the natural realm today. Praise God. Now, throughout history, In spiritual terms, whenever the church has got short-sighted and their vision has become limited to the natural realm, I believe that there is a reason for that. When the church has got to a point where they can't see beyond the lack to see the provision. I have my own convictions about why that is. You see, we're speaking of seeing by faith and the Bible says that faith comes by hearing. So in the natural, if you actually starve someone, their vision will weaken and eventually they will go blind. How do you get believers to be so short-sighted to the point of blindness to the realm of the Spirit? Answer, by being starved. That's how you get that way. By being starved of whatever brings the faith to see, and that is hearing of the greatness of the provision of God in Christ. Starve believers of the heavenly gospel, that is the good news of what God has provided for them, and feed them instead with an earthly gospel, which is good advice about what they need to provide for him. And they will lose their ability to see past the natural realm, their natural circumstances. Let me put it another way. They will lose the ability to see in the dark. And you know, right now, the world needs the church to be able to see in the dark. Now in the natural, there is a food that helps you to see in the dark. I don't know if your mother ever told you to eat up your carrots. Carrots are full of vitamin A and they do actually help you to see in the dark. If we don't start feeding believers on the greatness of the provision of God in Christ, we will end up with a church generation who can't see past the great need to see the greater provision, who can't speak therefore of the spirits, can't speak light into the darkness. Starve believers of the revelation of the finished work of Christ and you'll end up with the blind leading the blind. Now, short-sightedness Short-sighted to the point of blindness is actually a phrase used in the New Testament. It was actually used by the Apostle Peter in his second letter, and he used that phrase to describe believers who were living as if their sins had not been forgiven, living as if their old life had not been wiped away. You see, to live blind to the finished work of Christ is to live blind to the heavenly realm. I think that's worth saying again, to live blind to the finished work of Christ is to live blind to the heavenly realm that's why paul exhorted the colossians he said to them stop seeing only as far as the the natural realm see further see what the spirit sees see christ sitting down at the right hand of the father and you with them because you died and your life is hidden with christ and god I really believe that the biggest hindrance to the manifestation of the miraculous in our communities is the short-sightedness of the church to the realm of the Spirit. The biggest hindrance to the manifestation of the miraculous in our communities is the short-sightedness of the church to the realm of the Spirit. And I don't say that as someone standing back from the situation as if it's got nothing to do with me. I say that as someone who has to carry the responsibility for that and has to deal with the consequences of that in my own life and in the lives of people every week. So I wanna feed you some spiritual carrots this morning, okay, chew on this for a while. In the realm of the Spirit, Christ has sat down. And according to Hebrews 10 and 12, he has sat down for this reason, because, he has offered one sacrifice for all sins, for all time. Now, to see by the Spirit is to see what the heavenly realm sees. It is to see that as 2 Corinthians 5 declares, God is no longer counting men's sins against them, and therefore the only thing that's stopping men from being reconciled to God is not their sins, it is unbelief. But when man preach the gospel, while short-sighted in the Spirit, we preach as people who can't see past the great lack to see the greater provision. We can't see past people's great lack of righteousness to see clearly the great provision of righteousness that is theirs already given in Christ. Let me give you some examples of that. Do you know that until he was taken up into the realm of the spirit in prayer, Ananias in Damascus could not see past Saul of Tarsus's great lack of righteousness. Peter, who we read this morning, the Apostle Peter, Until he was taken up in the spirit in prayer, he could not see past the Gentile world's great lack of righteousness. And we read this morning, Acts 10 describes how the Lord opened Peter's eyes to see into the realm of the spirit, to see how God saw people whom Peter called unclean. If you remember, he had a vision and when all those unclean animals came down in the sheet, the voice of God didn't just declare once, but declared three times, don't you call unclean what I have cleansed. You see, by natural sight, Peter could only look on non-Jews, Gentiles really, as sinful, unclean people. He couldn't see past their lack of righteousness. But to see by the Spirit, to see from eternity, is to see that Christ has sat down concerning these Gentiles too, because through Christ, God has cleansed. Now, to see that by the Spirit is to see past their great lack of righteousness, to see God's great provision of righteousness for them through Christ. It is to see on earth as it is in heaven. Now, the Lord wanted these Romans in Cornelius' household to hear words of the Spirit, not words of religion. They were already religious. All they knew was a world of self-effort, trying to make themselves holy enough for god and the lord loved them and he wanted to set them free from the bondage of that old life of self-effort so the last thing he wanted to do was to send them someone who couldn't see past their unrighteousness he didn't want the blind leading the blind so he had to do something about peter's short-sightedness so the lord spoke to peter and knowing what he was saying would sound blasphemous to peter's understanding of the gospel he had to say it to him three times Peter, do not call unclean what I have cleansed. Don't you go to these people, seeing them as unclean, speaking to them as unclean. If you speak that way, you will preach the gospel to them as advice on what they need to do to cleanse themselves because of their great lack of righteousness, rather than preach the gospel to them as news of the great provision of righteousness that is already theirs in Christ. You know, the Lord is so merciful and gracious. He repeated to Peter, what he needed to hear often enough for Peter to receive it. And I believe that's what the Holy Spirit would say to us too. He would take you and I, the short-sighted church of this generation, and he would have us hear this message again and again and again until we can see in the dark, until we can see past the greatness of the need for righteousness in this generation and see clearly the greater provision that has already been made for them in Christ Jesus. Christ and Him crucified, the provision of righteousness for this generation. How will we know if we're seeing clearly enough? I believe the answer is we will know when we too find ourselves speaking to people we never thought we would speak to, words we never thought we would say. Now that sort of behavior is what really upset the Pharisees about Jesus. You see, with his eyes open, Peter once more ran toward his former enemies. And by the time he reached the house of Cornelius, who uh, really as a Roman was seen by all Jews as unclean and and sinful in the eyes of God. Peter was seeing by the Spirit still and speaking by the Spirit still. He was so excited uh, that as he came in the door of Cornelius' house, it just poured out of his mouth. He effectively said to Cornelius, you're not gonna believe that, you know, but up to today, I as a good Jew would not be seen dead in your house. I, I wasn't allowed to come into a house like yours, but God has shown me something. You know what he's shown me? And there, in Acts 10, 28, is recorded the very words that Peter said to Cornelius, words of a believer who's had something like scales fall from his eyes. He said these words, God has shown me that I should not call any man unholy or unclean. What a scandalous, blasphemous thing to say. Who would say such a thing? Only someone who can see in the dark. Only someone who's had a glimpse into the heavenly realm and seen Christ sitting down. Only someone seeing by the Spirit could say such a thing. For only such a person can see past a person's great lack to see the great provision that has been made for them. Only those who are seeing by the Spirit can speak words of the Spirit and such words that cause a manifestation of the will of the Father on the earth as it is in heaven. And you know, when Peter got up to speak that afternoon to those unclean, sinful Romans, the truth of how the Father saw them cleansed and reconciled to himself, that truth manifested right in front of Peter, praise God. He saw them filled with the Holy Spirit while he was still preaching. And if you look at Acts 10, 43, you will see recorded the very words Peter was speaking when that manifestation happened. The moment those people were filled with the Holy Spirit, Peter it says in Acts 10, 43, we saying these words of Jesus, of him, all the prophets bear witness that through his name, everyone who believes in him receives forgiveness of sins. You see, we've been talking this morning about what has been freely given, what all of heaven can see has been freely given and what all those who will see by the Spirit will see that has been freely given. But here's the thing, what has been freely given needs to be freely received. What has been freely given needs to be freely received. Forgiveness of sins, reconciliation to the Father has been freely given, but it must be freely received. And those people in Cornelius' house could not receive the forgiveness of their sins before that time, because Peter could not speak to them of the forgiveness of their sins before that time. You know, it was widely believed in the church of that time that, in fact, uh, Gentiles like those Romans who wanted to join the church would need to become Jews first. They would need to start to keep the law of Moses. They would need to probably think about being uh, circumcised and at least respect the teachings of Moses. And that was such an accepted belief that when the news reached the church in Jerusalem that Peter had baptized unclean Gentiles, it caused no small fuss. In fact, it says that the Christians there who were of the circumcision group, uh, the Jewish Christians began to step back or separate themselves from Peter. Acts 11:2 2 says that. And the word used there uh, when it says that they took issue or contended with them is the Greek word diakrino, which literally means to separate yourselves from, to withdraw from. You see, they believed that Peter was bringing unrighteousness, sinfulness into the church, and uh, that he was opening the floodgates to sin coming into the church. And many Christians today still act the same way when they hear that you're preaching the finished work of Christ, the gospel of God's grace. They believe that you're opening the floodgates because they think that where grace abounds, sin will much more abound, even though the Scripture says exactly the opposite. You know, Peter opened the floodgates all right. (laughs) He opened the floodgates to Gentiles flooding into the church, and you know, The gospel broke out of a little Jewish subculture that had been trapped in by the limitations of men's vision and it began to transcend racial and religious boundaries. And whenever in history the gospel has got trapped in a subculture due to the limitations of men's vision, the Spirit has moved again to open the eyes of the church to the enormity of the provision of God's righteousness and the abundance of His grace. Christ and Him crucified. And what follows is always like the opening of floodgates. Those who begin to see by the Spirit begin to see past every great lack, to see the greater provision already given. And the result is, they start to magnify God and speak of His wonders like never before. And if you go through the book of Acts and look at all the times where people are filled with the Holy Spirit, that phrase is used again and again. They began to magnify God. What a difference between two Gospels, you know? If you're preaching the Gospel with natural eyes, you will magnify men. You will talk about what they need to do for God. But if you will preach the Gospel, seeing in the Spirit, Christ sat down in the heavenly realm, seeing that you will speak And speak of the great provision of God, you will speak and you will magnify of God and speak of His wonders, what He has done, praise God. The result of magnifying God like that is that another floodgate opens, one allowing multitudes, as on the day of Pentecost, to enter into what the church is now seeing and saying, the kingdom of God on the earth, now, today. Praise God. And so this morning, we're contrasting seeing in the natural realm and seeing by the Spirit. And what I'm saying is that to see in the, in the Spirit is to see past the great lack, to see the great provision already made. It is to see in the dark. It is to see in the darkness of this world that there is a light shining in the darkness that overcomes the darkness. Christ in us, praise God, shining in us and through us overcoming the lack in this world. And in this present hour of history, when the things of the earth really are now clamoring at us, every day we're being issued instructions as to what we need to do to avoid death. Uh, Now more than ever, people need to have the church see in the dark. We need to be people who have risen out of the shadow of death, praise God, and into the sun so that we're filled with so much thanksgiving that we discovered again that death cannot intimidate us because when you see that you've already died and your life is hidden with Christ and God, what can death do to you? We're called to be people, literally, who speak from beyond the grave. The Holy Spirit is calling the church to see. He's saying, look, church, and tell the world what you see. So, what are you seeing, church? And the answer to that, as we've said, is already obvious because whatever we're speaking out of our mouth today, that is what we're seeing. So listen to yourself. What am I saying? Because what I'm saying is what my heart has believed. Out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. The biggest hindrance to the manifestation of the miraculous in our communities today is the short-sightedness of the church to the realm of the spirit. So we all need to take the gospel vision test. Which is clearer, A or B? A, believer, your poor behavior separates you from God. He has stood back from you. Or B, Through Christ and Him crucified, the Father has embraced you, He's buried you in Himself, and He can no more stand back from you than He could stand back from Himself, because they who are joined to the Lord are one spirit with Him. You see, what we see, see determines what we will say. So what you're seeing, either A or B, will determine what you're saying, what gospel you'll preach, A or B. Will you declare to people, I can't see past your need of righteousness. I can't see past your lack of righteousness. So the gospel I declare to you is that you need first to clean yourself up and then you can receive the forgiveness of your sins. Or are we gonna declare B, I can't see past the provision of your righteousness in Christ. So the gospel I declare to you is that what God has cleansed, let no man call unclean. Believe in the once and for all cleansing of your life by the death of Christ your life in him and receive what has been freely given, the forgiveness of your sins. You see, to preach the gospel as heaven sees it, we only have to keep hearing the truth that Jesus sent his disciples out to preach with. Freely you have received, freely give. Why did he say that to them? Why did he send them out to preach the gospel with that phrase ringing in their ears? Because he knew that as long as believers remain short-sighted to how freely the Father gives, they'll always mix a little bit of law with the gospel. It's what the church has done in every generation. When her vision fails to see past the great need of righteousness, to see clearly the greater provision of righteousness in Christ. A little law with your gospel won't rob you of your salvation, but it will rob you of your vision. You will not be able to see on earth as it is in heaven. And right now the Holy Spirit, He's at work throughout the church, I really believe, to awaken the church in this hour, to see past the great need for righteousness in our generation, and to see again the greater provision of righteousness given to them in Christ. For it is only when we, like Peter, see heaven open, see on earth as it is in heaven, will we find ourselves speaking to people we never thought we'd be speaking to, words we never thought we would say. Only a people who can see through the dark, can speak words that pierce the dark, words that so magnify God and His gift of righteousness, Christ, that in this generation also floodgates open that will allow multitudes to once again enter into what we are seeing, the kingdom of God on earth as it is in heaven. Father, I just thank you this morning for the power of your word to open our eyes to see. I thank you for vision. I thank you for dreams. I thank you for revelation. I thank you for people seeing things they have never seen before in order to speak as they have never spoken before so that we will see in our generation to things we have not yet seen, Lord, a manifestation of the kingdom of heaven on the earth as it is in heaven by people who are seeing on earth as it is in heaven. Church, that's you and I, for we died and our life is hidden with Christ and God. God bless you. So if you feel that you've been touched by today's message and you'd like to get in contact with us or you'd like to see more resources, you can go to YouTube and you can look at River City Church Ireland, the same address on Facebook. You can message us there or you can go to the church website, graceriver.org or send us an email on info at rivercityapostolic.org. God bless you.